welcome to the Dogs and Deadlifts Building Better Dogs and People podcast. Join your host, Daniel Rose, as we discuss everything canine and human strength and conditioning. We talk to experts, hear from people in the know, and just talk the latest on strength and conditioning for both people and their pups. We are about building better dogs and people. Are you looking for the perfect gift for you or a friend that loves dogs and fitness? Dogs and Deadlifts has you covered with merchandise and giftware including t-shirts, hoodies, cushion covers, mugs, plus much more. Head over to teespring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. That's T-E-E-Spring.com forward slash dogs and deadlifts. Or check out the link in the podcast notes. Two, one. So... Welcome back to the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast. Uh, this morning or today we have um, some guests all the way from the USA, uh, Nick and Joy Weiss from uh, Lucky, Doc, Lucky Fox Racing. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for uh, having here, um, being here. It's certainly, um, well, this morning it's what, uh, just hit 6am here and what's, uh, you know, afternoon there for you guys. So I appreciate you spending a bit of time out and uh, coming on to chat. Yes, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. No, it's been it's been a um, it's certainly a pleasure to have you guys here. Um, so today, guys, we're like I said, we're um, lucky to have you here. Uh, very very casual chat in regards to um, uh, a little bit about you guys, um, Candy Cross, a little bit about your dogs, uh, where you um, see the sport of Candy Cross going in in the in the future, things like that. So um, we've got a little bit to cover, but like I said um, previously, super casual. Um, but before we do get into that. Um, first of all, let's let's start with um, your dogs. <laughs> what, so, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're at, um, what what dogs you currently have um, at the moment? Um, if you have, you know, um, what breeds? Just tell us a little about them. If that's all right. So we have eight dogs: um, two Graysters, five Huskies, and one Malamute. Um, I actually got into cane across running with um, our Malamute. He's our oldest dog we have now. Um, over the last couple years, um, we got two Graysters. Uh, those are the two that I race with now. And then um, Joy races with the uh, Huskies primarily. Yeah, so some of our Huskies, in fact, all of our Huskies are rescue dogs. Um, and uh, the first Husky I started racing with, her name is Denali. And she was actually sort of the second of our sled team that we got. Um, the Malamute was the first and became Nick's running partner. And I wanted a running partner too. So we adopted Denali. Um, and that's sort of how we got into the sport. Um, because of those two, we started exploring dry land and sled racing. Um, so the dog that I race with now is a Husky mix from Heartland Husky Rescue in Oklahoma, and his name is Oso. 
Um, so yeah, most of the Huskies are, are my training and racing partners and I'll leave the Gracers to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they're new additions, the, uh, the Gracers in the last couple of years. Yeah, so we got um, our first Gracer, we got both of the Gracers at the end of 2018. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, was one from Australia? <laughs> one was um, Pharaoh uh, came over from Australia from uh, Haley Prince Davis's kennel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he, he was the first one we got. Yeah, fantastic. Go the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool, cool. So, um, Fantastic. So let's, um, let's, I suppose, dial it back. Um, you know, I, we'll talk about um, your journey into the sport and, and to where you guys are at now, but let's, let's sort of dial it back to both of you, if, if that's okay. Um, you know, going back to, I suppose, your high school days and, and uh, you know, um, on the track and, and that's, I presume, where you, you know, where you got, uh, got started and your progression from there, if, that, if that's okay. Uh, and how, how all of a sudden, holy smokes, um, we can do this with a dog sort of popped up, you know. So, um, yeah, let's, let's have a chat about that, if that's all right. So, um, we both ran track and cross country in high school. Um, I went on to run in college. Joy was smarter than I was and decided to start running for fun once she gets to college. <laughs> and um, so I, I actually dealt with a pretty severe hip injury in college and had to take 18 months completely off from running. Mm -hmm. After I was able to start running again, I was very frustrated with my fitness level just because um, I knew I was never going to PR again in the 5K or anything like that. And so I spent a couple years just being frustrated. I mean, I, I was running, you know, a couple times a week, but it wasn't really with any purpose or anything like that. Mm -hmm. At that point, we were married. We had two dogs. Um, actually, the, Lucky and Fox were the name of our uh, <laughs> racing kennel name comes from. Yeah. But um, Lucky was almost 15 years old. He was really slowing down. We had noticed that whenever there was a puppy around, he would be ultra playful and get up and move around. But whenever um, there wasn't a young dog around, um, he just laid around, um, he wasn't getting much exercise and we were worried that he was just going to deteriorate really quickly. And so um, I had always wanted a Malamute as a kid. We found a Malamute puppy, um, talked about it, decided not to get him. And then someone else got him. And then two months later, Joy was, messing around on the internet and found where he was being returned because he was too high energy and everything like that. And so we knew it was meant to be, we, we made the phone call, went and got him. And uh, I found out very quickly that if we didn't find a way to burn energy off of him, he was going to destroy our house. Yeah. You know, at this point he was, you know, five, six months old and um, just rambunctious, destroying everything. And so um, having been a runner, I just, started running with him slowly and to build him up and just as a way to try to have our house be in one piece. <laughs> and, uh, and so that went on for about nine months. Joy saw how much fun I was having with, with Ruger, his name. And, um, and she wanted to get a dog. So we found Denali at a shelter and we just went from there. Yeah. That's how we have eight. It just sort of snowballed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, one leads to two, three, two, you know, yeah, leads to yeah. five, you know, all of a sudden, oh, it's okay. <laughs> so when we got our, 
when we got our fourth dog, um, but you know, there, there's always an adaption period whenever you get a new dog in, and we were having a little bit of behavioral issues, and um, we actually had a professional trainer come in to help us out with it, mm-hmm. and um, my parents asked me if we learned anything, yep. and mm-hmm. my answer was, yeah, four dogs is enough. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Here we are with eight. <laughs> uh, what's, oh, no. ex- what's just an extra okay, couple? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We didn't. We didn't learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> My wife said, uh, "If we want any more, we have to go to Acre. You know, have to go to Acreage." Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Sure, yeah. I can make that work. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. I was actually. Um, I've got some friends who have um, another podcast. Um, and uh, they're talking about um, uh, a particular, primarily they're directed at trainers and, uh, you know, the, their particular podcast was called, um, called You Can't Handle a V8, right? And I, I want to throw that to you guys in regards to uh, your gracers, you know, so um, they were talking about Malinois and, and very high energy uh, dogs or, you know, high drive dogs uh, in um you know, for brand new dog trainers and things like that, you know, so um, it was a very interesting subject that they, they talked quite a long time about, um, you know, but basically the, the moral was, you know, have a think about um, the, you know, the style and the type of dog that you want to get as a, uh, as a beginner, if you like, you know, so um, that's interesting that um, they, they talked about that this week. And I would like to, um, you know, put it out to you guys as well that, you know, the differences between Huskies, Malamutes, and also, um, you know, Graces there, you know, for me, um, Graces are towards that V8, you know, that, that V8 category and, um, you know, um, potentially some other dogs are are sitting in that, you know, four cylinder little, you know, I'm not sure if you have, um, I'm trying to think of a comparison, um, you know, a, a little Toyota um, vehicle, you know, <laughs> if you know what I mean, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, have you got, you know, a bit of an opinion for a beginner, someone that's starting out brand new Candy Cross. Um, obviously, we like, we, all dogs can participate, you know, but, you know, for that for that person that's, um, you know, just starting out and, and thinks that they've got to go and, and, tr- and, and find the most highly driven or highly, um, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, highly racing dog kennel for a gray store or, or even a, a husky you know you know have you guys got a bit of an opinion on those ones so um you know we have a coaching business where we coach um mm. mostly cane across athletes yep. and one thing that we talk with them a lot about is helping them pick out if they're looking for a new dog and stuff like that mm. and actually it, you asking that question is <laughs> it, it, it's something that's really good to talk about because most people in this sport, especially new people, they have the attitude that I need the biggest male I can find. Yeah, it's a, it's a bigger is better attitude, mm-hmm. um, but that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, that, that's one thing that I think a lot of people, especially newer people in the sport, don't fully grasp is that, um, especially in cane across, uh, you know, but, Bike door and scooter are a little bit different, but but so much in cane across, it's about the balance between the runner and the dog. And it, I mean, if you are, for example, if you're a, a and I apologize, I, I know Australia does metric, but I'm American, <laughs> okay. so I'm a imperial. If you're a if you're a 50 or 55 kg female, mm-hmm. and you're trying to run a 35 kg Grayster. I mean, it, it's going to overpower you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you really need is to find the balance of as powerful of a dog as you can handle, 
and no more because um, I, I've seen people who've had too powerful of a dog and whenever they go to a race, they actually run slower because they themselves cannot run all out because they have to hold back because if they don't, they're going to get slung shot around a corner. They're going to lose control going down a hill or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, it's, it works. Well, as I said, you know, um, it just happened to pop up that pod, that other podcast, you know, and uh, you know, I, I love it because you know, um, you know, you can't handle a V8 or do you want to handle a V8, you know? Um, and that's something that you don't, give to a generally a, a learner or, or, or an L plate driver, you know, when they first get your license, uh, you know, um, and that's, in, it's very interesting. Um, just to be sure to select your, select your dog. Um, if you are looking for a new dog, you know, um, very wisely and very carefully, would you agree? Hmm. Oh, I, I was just going to add to that. I think that, um, you know, one thing to consider too is, and I'll just use myself as an example. So I weigh about 48 kg and the dog that I run with weighs about 27 kg. And we're a great match for each other because he's powerful enough for me, but he doesn't overpower me. If I run with one of our gracers who, how much is there? So, so our small gracer is about 29 to 30 kg. And, and he's a little more doable for me, but our big gracer, I will actually run much slower times with him because I spend my whole time trying to slow him down or not hurt myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, balancing that with a dog that's powerful enough mm-hmm. um, is a big key. Yeah, yeah for sure. Our big gracer weighs about 38 and a half kg. Yeah, yeah, well, yep. Yeah. Which is not that much less than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, so, you know, like, obviously there's a lot of people that have a, you know, they've, they're in a situation where they're, you know, they're, they've seen a trainer or, or, you know, they, there's a few different scenarios why people may look at Candy Cross, you know, you know, they've, they've seen a trainer and they've got some potential behavioral issues at home and they're high energy dog and they're looking to have an outlet for that. Um, you know, potentially they might may, they personally may not be a, you know, a runner if you like, you know, uh, to start with, but then they get out and they start to enjoy it and, and have fun, you know, compared to, um, you know, there's someone that, that's, a, that's a runner that has a dog that wants just a, a running companion, you know, to just, you know, there's a couple of different, there's more than a couple, but a number of different scenarios why people may get into Candy Cross. But, you know, um, initially, you know, most dogs, providing they have um, a good, uh, you know, a, they're good, strong and healthy, um, will be okay. You know, um, you know, there's always ways and tricks that you can potentially teach them to, um, you know, um, acclimate to the harness, etc. You know, and, and pull into that harness. But you know, sometimes some dogs just don't, not into it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so looking for a, a potential pseudon, we're a little bit restricted here in Australia. Well, you guys imported from Australia. Um, in mm-hmm. you, know, you know, there's not a, a lot of do- graces. You know, we can't go out and buy a gracer um, next week, sort of thing. You know, um, yeah. but you know, when people are uh, looking for dogs obviously it's going to take them a little bit of time to buy a buy a puppy and and uh have that uh, uh have that time before they can to um can run them but you know w- you know would your advice be initially with someone um you know let's have a look at let's have a look at work with you got first yeah with what you got first you know try some 
try mm-hmm. some dogs on trial like I'm doing at the moment with one dog, you know, so um, don't rush out looking for, um, you know, the, uh, the, the best racing kennel you can find because generally there'll be a, um, you know, maybe a two or three year wait on a dog. <laughs> well, yeah. And so whenever I first got into cane across and started ra- racing on the national level here in the U S uh, I won most races that I raced with. And I was racing with a Malamute. Yep. I mean, that was the dog I had. I mean, I didn't need a Gracer to, to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. You know, it was whenever I, I wanted to step up to the international level that um, really needed something like a Gracer. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and even within specific breeding for um, different sled dogs, there's so many different lines out there. Dogs are bred for so many different things. You know, really do your research because just because a dog is good in, in let, let's say, six-dog rig or something like that does not necessarily mean that that dog is going to be best suited for bike door or cane across or something like that. It's, it's a completely different skill set. And so, um, yeah, do, do your research. In fact, talk with, if you're looking for a dog, talk with breeders because they'll tell you what their dogs are, are good at and what they're not good at. And even to expand on that too, you know, we see people, you know, who will say, oh, oh, I'm going to get a Husky because all Huskies like to run, you know, that's not necessarily true either. In fact, we have one who would prefer to, you know, surf the couch all day. But, um, you know, so, so in that too, just looking for certain traits and, and things in a dog when you're when you're choosing a running partner, because not all of one breed is going to love to do the thing they're supposed to be bred for. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, we talked earlier that a lot of our Huskies come from rescue organizations. Um, when we go that route to adopt a dog, basically what we're looking for is the highest energy dog we can find. Um, the dog that is so high energy that everyone says that they're unruly, you can't control them, anything like that. and those dogs typically, if you just run with them a little bit, they behave just fine. That's the one that I raised with. He was one of those dogs. No one would adopt him because he just was uncontrollable. And we've never had a problem with him because he gets exercise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say that. So, you know, on my research over the last, you know, 18 months or something like that, it's, it's quite interesting here in Australia that, um, you know, um, there's probably only one or two, say, um, purebred GSP kennels that have, um, uh, you know, that actually know what Canning Cross is or they have it on their website. It, it's quite, uh, you know, we'll talk about the sport and the development shortly, but, you know, here in Australia, um, a lot of kennels were like, you want a what? You know, what's that? You know, and I've got to, you know, I've got to send them or previously I've got to send them links and I've got to send them this to say, hey, this is what I want to do with this dog, you know, over the last little while. And uh, there's only a, there's only a handful that, um, you know, that go, Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I know about that, you know? So, um, the, the education here in Australia is certainly, um, on, uh, you know, on the rise, but, uh, there's a, still a lot of people that just don't know. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting that, um, you know, you mentioned that. So let's, uh, um, I suppose, before we move on and the other thing that just popped into my head is that um, a lot of people think that because we are governed by a sled dog sport that they have to, they have to get a Husky or they can only compete with Huskies, um, which is certainly not the case. And uh, 
Um, there's a, there's many different breeds that compete. Um, what would have you guys? Um, I suppose seen. You know, tell us about you know a range of breeds that you guys have come across or help people coach and have done have done well at Candy Cross. They don't necessarily have to be a husky and a Malamute. Yeah. Yeah. So um, at races, pretty much. If you take out your dog breed book and flip through, basically we've seen about every single one of those at races. <laughs> yeah. I mean, golden retrievers, Bettors, um, even Pomeranians. Yeah. We've seen at races. Little dogs, <laughs> dogs. Um, you know, our coaching athletes have a variety of dogs too. You know, some are huskies, some are German Shepherd mixes, some are yeah. Who knows? I mean, you yeah, yeah, name yeah. it. Mm -hmm. They're they're doing the sport. Yeah. And, you know, to, to be competitive, um, it really just takes a dog that's of a decent size. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it's going to be hard to be competitive with, a, you know, a 5 kg dog. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it, most of your hunting breeds can do well. Huskies, um, you know, labs, retrievers, um, pr pretty much anything of, of a medium to a large size dog can do pretty well in the sport. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And if it doesn't matter to you whether you're trying to compete or anything like that, I mean, have fun with your yeah. dog. You know, that's what that's what's so great about the sport. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was going to say along the same lines, you know, sometimes it's just about getting out there um, and having a great time. And if you finish the uh, the race with a smile and your dog's been, you know, your dog's had a great time, so be it, you know, like fantastic, yeah. you know. Um, um, so what I would wanted to just move on to just quickly is, um, you know, where you've, you know, where you guys, um, see, I suppose how, before we even talk about that, how the sport is at the moment, let's go back to maybe two years ago. Yeah. Let's, you know, sort of where the, the sport was two years ago, where it is today and where you feel it's sort of moving forward to in the next two to five years in your, in your opinion only, of course, you know, so, um, you know, that would be a great insight. Um, not just, um, for our listeners, but, you know, in the U S and also, you know, potentially the world, if you, if you're open to, you know, giving us your opinion on those. Yeah. So, um, when I started in Cana Cross, like I mentioned earlier, I, I raced with a Malamute. Mm -hmm. um, most races in the U.S. I won relatively easily. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of races internationally, I, I did very well in. Um, honestly, those days are probably behind us, and I don't see those days coming back just because, you know, the reason why I was able to do that is because I was an ex-college runner. And so, you know, I could run faster by myself than what someone who was a non-runner could with, with a, a Eurohound or a Grayster or anything like that. And so that's why I was able to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, the sport, you're having a lot more um, true runners, people that have ran in college or, or ran at, you know, a, a very elite level in high school or something like that are taking up the sport and, and they're getting, you know, Racers, GSPs, Eurohounds, stuff like that. And so it, it's just everywhere. It's getting so much more competitive, in fact. Um, so we're both sponsored by Nonstop. And at the last World Championships, Nonstop had an event for all the athletes, and several of us were talking. And we pulled up an old picture from, I believe it was 2014. Mm -hmm. And um, at, uh, well, 
it's now ICF, then it was called ECF, um, European Cane Across Federation. Mm -hmm. At their um, championship race that they had, on the podium was a border collie. And we were talking about how um, that, that's impossible now. Um, now, to, to even be top 10, you're having to run a Grayster, a GSP, a Eurohound, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's getting so much more competitive so quickly. Mm -hmm. I think along those lines too. So when Nick talks about when we first started in the sport, Tina Cross was more of an afterthought. So it was sort of like an addition to the race where like the, the rig classes were the highlight and Kane Cross was sort of like, uh, okay, like you want to go get a little exercise before we all go have a beer, like let's hook up our dogs and just go, you know, run for fun together. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But as the sport has progressed over the years, um, you're starting to see more people, you know, who are saying, I really love running with my dog. And like Nick mentioned, real runners, people who have run in the past and, you know, who are running competitively on their own. And so it's just sort of morphed into more than just like a, a fun afterthought into like a true sport. At, at least that's my perception here in the U.S. Yeah. And then obviously you're seeing the times come down too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know i was uh, i was listening to another podcast obviously with um with ben robinson the other day again and i'm like i think it was at uh 12 minutes something with his 5k yeah and uh i was just yeah. blown blown away you know unbelievable um yeah <laughs> so you know so like ben robinson's a good example i mean uh, that whole that top, whole top group are all sub 15 minute 5k runners in their own rights without a dog yes so yeah excellent athletes yeah yeah for sure and yeah like well as you probably know at the moment my one of my goals is to go on you know 5k under under 20 you know um and that's you know four minute k's for me and uh without that's without dog you know and uh sure. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's one of my next goals to kick off, you know, but uh, it's going to take, and I'm not a runner, you know, I do not have a, uh, a, a history of um, running at all, you know, um, well, that distance, maybe 100 metres back in the day, but uh, that, that was about it. Uh, my my, my um, track was 100, 200, long jump and uh, uh, triple jump. Mm -hmm. they, they were my, uh, my, uh, uh, my events. Um, so, do you think that, uh, as you said earlier, um, more and more people are discovering uh, Candy Cross and really getting getting into it? Not just also f not from a competitive level, but just a, like I said, a, a fun level. We're seeing um, more numbers at events and things like that. Um, that you well, obviously COVID's thr thrown a bit of a spanner in the works this year, but you know, previously to that, um, you know, the numbers certainly on the rise. In your opinion? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um... You know, just one example of how popular the sport is getting is there is a race in um, the state of Maine, um, which so for um, those of you in Australia that don't know U.S. geography real well, that's um, the very far northeast of the U.S. And um, they host it every year. Honestly, the weather is terrible for cane across. It's yep. usually like 70 degrees at race time, um, 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And... Um, that race every year has 300 plus cane across participants. Wow. And it's, a, you know, it's so well organized and such a fun race. 
But, you know, I think the other thing, too, is you're starting to see more companies, you know, who maybe just used to make dog leashes, you know, and, you know, just general dog products. Now they're putting out harnesses and cane across belts and, and those types of things. So, you know, when the general public goes online to order a leash for their dog from their favorite company and they're starting to see, you know, what is this cane across belt or this harness? And just, you know, that's another avenue that's getting people into the sport as well. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just on that, um, you know, obviously you mentioned before that you're, uh, you know, you are um, with the nonstop team. Um, have you got uh, favorite, you know, or preferred harnesses out of their brands, uh, out of their brand that you use on your dogs or do you do use a mixture? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, it depends on the dog. Um, <laughs> we have, so for the Graysters, the free motion harness really works. I mean, works excellent for that body style. You know, the hunting breed yep. build of dogs, yep. um, deep chest, everything like that. Um, yep. For the Huskies, mm-hmm. we use their X-back harnesses um, just because, same thing, those are what fit that body style the best. Mm-hmm. And do you prefer one of their belts? I've got one of their older, older um, Candy Cross belts for me. Um, what do you guys run, um, run in? So um, we both run in the new belt that was released um, halfway through last year. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, we ran in their old Candy Cross belt that they had. And, um, you know, the old belt, it was not per- It was good. It wasn't mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, I... I told my um, the representative we deal with uh, nonstop when the new one came out. I was like, "You guys literally fixed everything that I would have told you that you needed to fix with the old belt." Yeah, the new cane across belt is wonderful. I mean, it doesn't it, just the fit is is great, and the adjustability, and whether you're a male or female or whatever, like mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's just it's comfortable. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, especially for males, cane across belts can be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I mean, that's probably an understatement, but, uh, yeah. you know, the nonstops, um, new cane across belt, it's, I don't even feel I have it on, mm-hmm. just to be honest. I mean, that's how comfortable it is to wear. Yeah, yeah. And look, I haven't had a chance to try the new one. Like I said, I've, I've got the older style. I haven't had a chance yet to try the try the new one. So hopefully um, I'll be able to do that um, in the near future for sure. Um, so what's, uh, what's on the cards for you guys over the next, um, I suppose, um, six to 12 months, um, potential new president, but uh, we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that at all. Um, uh, but... <laughs> But yeah, yeah that's like train. a big news here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the world championships uh, next year is going to be a, a different year because typically ICF and IFSS alternate their world championships. Mm-hmm. Because of COVID, ICF canceled their world championship for 2000. I guess they didn't cancel. They postponed their 2020 world championship into 2021. And so next fall, um, just a little bit less than a year from now, um, there's actually going to be two world championships event in less than a month from each other. Mm. And so uh, we're, we're trying to build our, our calendar and our schedule to figure out how we can um, make it to both of those, yet still have the dogs in the best shape that they can be. Just, you know, traveling um, those type of distances isn't quite conducive to keeping the dogs in tip-top shape. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the other piece of that too is those long trips and long distance travel and 
um, you know, for us as athletes also, you know, that can be stressful and tiring. And so there's a lot of pieces to consider when you're having to travel lengthy distances to race. Mm, yeah, no, no, I, well, I, I agree. We haven't, um, you know, our borders have just opened up as well. So uh, hopefully uh, 2020, 2021 uh, for us will um, we'll have some uh, opportunities here to travel around Australia as well for some some events that certainly didn't go ahead this year. So that's really exciting for us. Um, let's uh, that you know obviously that'll be hard um, you know to juggle, but I'm sure um, you know as you mentioned quite a lot um, you know in your on your website as well that uh, this you know the safety is. Um, and the dog's condition is paramount. So, you know, a lot of our travel is determined and races events that we do want to go to will do, be determined by uh, how our dogs are traveling for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Um, so let's, uh, let's just talk training for a moment. Um, you guys have a uh, remote, I call it remote co coaching, but on online coaching, coaching business. Um, can you tell us uh, a little bit about that and uh, um, types of uh, the services that you guys offer? Yeah, so um, we actually started coaching a local running group. Oh, how long ago was that? Six, seven yeah. years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we enjoyed helping people. And um, as we got more and more into Canacross, we just realized that there isn't a whole lot of help for runners who want to focus on Canacross out there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have a lot of cane across athletes that hire a running coach and yes, that can help, but there's certain things about cane across that are just different. For example, I mean, yes, with running, you absolutely have to focus on core strength, but in cane across, you have to step that up a level because you have a dog that while you're running as hard as you can run is throwing your balance off center or something like that. And so, um, so basically we started the, the online cane across coaching business as a way to reach out to other Canacross athletes that are looking for help that want some expertise specifically within Canacross and, and have some experience in that realm. And I think too, um, you know, it's been pretty cool because so many of our athletes have different goals. You know, they're all maybe Canacross runners, but they're looking for different things. And so because of that, we're able to really customize the coaching to what each person wants. Um, for example, this weekend, we had an athlete who finished her first 50K, um, and her dog participated in about a half marathon of that with her. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she had to prepare him. She had to prepare herself. Um, you know, we had another athlete this weekend who ran their personal best in the 1,600-meter distance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, without a dog. And so everybody has different goals. Um, and I think too, that for coaching, Nick and I have different strengths. And so we like to combine those and put them together and really work as a team with each of our athletes. Um, so, you know, it's been, it's been really enjoyable and we, we love the diversity. Yeah, fantastic. And if someone was, um, you know, like I said, they've, they've got a dog and they want to start to, to candy cross, you know, and uh, things aren't quite just going, um, you know, as well as they'd, they'd liked, where do you, you know, this is very, very general and very open. I could go a, a number of different ways, but um, where would you get them to, to start, for instance, you know, if you don't mind, um, you know, like, I, I know that um, you guys have got me building a, you know, building a base, you know, nice, easy runs without my dog, you know, and we, we separate the training. Do you encourage that type of stuff? 
it, it, it all depends on where each athlete is at. I mean, uh, for someone that's never ran with a dog or anything like that, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to focus on uh, building a base both for the, the human and for um, the dog. You know, mm -hmm. for someone, um, you know, we, we have athletes that come to us that have had chronic injuries for a, a time period on that. We're going to focus um, a little bit less on the dog aspect and really just try to get them over their injuries and build the base that way. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, to go to the other extreme, we have athletes that come to us that are just looking to step up their game a little bit. Mm -hmm. And there, you know, we go straight into, you know, speed work, um, you know, sharpening their um, leg turnover and that stuff, working on core strength, um, you know, the, the fine details. So it, yeah. it, it really depends where the athlete is in their um, personal journey. Yeah, fantastic. And um, so let's, uh, I suppose, uh, just looking at uh, the time, we'll, we'll sort of wind it up a little bit. So if someone was looking to uh, reach out to you guys, um, you know, where would, uh, where would they find you to uh, either have a chat or, or get, um, you know, get a little bit more, more information about, um, you know, you assist potentially assisting them with their, on their Candy Cross or their, uh, their running journey? Sure. So we have two different pages on Facebook that they could find us um, and connect with us there. So Lucky Fox Racing, Mushing and Cana Cross, or they can also look for Lucky Fox Coaching and it has our names with it, Nick and Joy Weiss. So that's an easy way to connect with us. Um, we're also on Instagram. Um, so they can look for Lucky Fox Racing and Coaching. Um, and you'll find us there as well. And um, those are probably the easiest ways to connect with us. Um, our website is luckyfoxkennels.com. Um, and there's a contact button there. Um, you know, so any of those ways are perfect. And, you know, we'd love to chat if anyone is interested, for sure. Um, we, we really enjoy talking with people about their dogs. <laughs> for sure. Um, and I'll link to those. Um in my uh in my notes show my show notes and my links um below the when i post it up as well so um is there anything you'd like to add um before we uh we say thank you very much and uh wind it up um to our for today not really just uh thank you for the opportunity to speak with you yeah yeah, look we, yeah we appreciate it and i you know um we're really grateful to the sponsors that that we have, I guess I probably do want to shout out to them. Um, you know, nonstop has made um, our lives easier with some really great gear, <laughs> for sure. You know, and um, we just, we appreciate the support that we get from everyone because this sport is still growing and it's, you know, it's not always easy to get where you want to be. And so having those people behind you makes a difference. And, and I think that's part of what we want to do with our coaching too, is to be able to support other athletes who are, who are growing in the sport. For sure. And, and like I said, I, I thank you for taking the time because, uh, you know, I really feel that, um, you know, that uh, education um, and types of, you know, types of conversations or chats that we've had today um, will benefit some, you know, some people, you know, one, they'll have a listen and they'll, they'll benefit and hopefully, you know, they'll reach out, etc., and and want to learn more or, or improve themselves, you know. So, you know, my, one of my big goals is to, to, you know, to educate and, um, you know, talk to, talk to as many people as I can, um, hopefully to pass, you know, pass those um, little, little knowledge bombs along to, uh, to someone either just starting out or along their, you know, their ride into their journey. Um, you know, because I feel that, um, you know, helping people is certainly uh, high on my, uh, uh, my life, uh, agenda as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, Nick and Joy, thank you very much for uh, joining the Dogs and Deadlifts podcast today. Um, I'll uh, wrap it up. So if you if you liked what you hear today, uh, you heard today, please feel free to uh, share, like, and subscribe to our uh, our podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.